Before we go into our message, I'll be praying over a pastor. And I want you all to join me in prayer as you stretch forth your hand and you pray over this mighty woman of God, a woman with a vision, a woman that is seated at the, the foot of Jesus Christ. She sits there and she waits for the message. Sometimes the message doesn't come right away, but he downloads. So we are anticipating a word from the throne room this morning. So stretch your hands towards her as I pray for her, for her family, for her generation. Father, we thank you for Ava Green, Ava Edwards Green, that you have created in your own image. You knew her before she was born. Father, you knew her from she was in her mother's womb. We thank you for the mission that she has and the vision that she has for you, God. She's passionate about you. We ask that you cover her this morning. Cover her from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet, Lord, and speak through her. Cover her family, her children, and her grandchildren that are not even for her. Yes, she has grandchildren. And over all her siblings, we ask that you protect them and all their names will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We thank you for the message, God, that she will pour out this morning. Bread of heaven, set down from heaven. We're asking you, God, that you will speak through her in a mighty way. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome our pastor. She does it like this. Drum roll, our pastor Ava Green that will be ministering to us this morning. We love her and we're happy that she's pastoring us because we are the shepherd and she's the shepherd and the sheep. We thank God for her. Over to you, Pastor Ava. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you so much. But Tashina, before I go, could you lead us with that beautiful song, Wonderful, Merciful Savior? Oh 
you are the one we praise you are the one we adore our hearts are hungry today for you Lord and so father as I open my mouth to speak on your behalf I do not take it for granted I do not take it lightly I recognize father God that you have trusted me with your words and you have trusted me with your people God you speak through me God, you speak through me, your words, not my words. I just offer my body, I offer my personality, I offer me, God, to you, to use as you see fit. Lord, may I lovingly serve you as you are desiring, God. May I offer to you, Lord, everything, everything that cost me my time, that cost me my sleep, that cost me everything I give to you today. Father, you are the one that I long for. And so, Father, that bring your word, God, I pray that, Lord, you will continue to download in my spirit and I give you full access to everything I have that you change as you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to welcome again all of you to New Life Horizon Church. I am mindful that there's Jasmine on the line. I see Verona on the line and I say welcome to Jasmine and to Verona. I also say welcome to Reverend Bolt and to Stephen and to Pastor Larry. Onika, welcome. Welcome Ashley. Welcome Angela and Amanda. Welcome. Welcome our, our, our regular guests and our regular visitors. Thank you, regular members, Karen, Angela, 
Anne and Tamar and Rifa and Laverne. Laverne was just on. She, she's having problem, technical problem. But I want to welcome every one of you this morning. It is indeed a privilege for me to stand and to speak. It is indeed a privilege that God would have chosen me to speak. And so this morning I just want to, to ask you to grab your paper, grab your pen, just in case the Lord has something that he wants you to hear and he wants you to remember and he wants you to record. I don't know what he will say that you may want to write down. Just be prepared in advance. Just in case that he wants to share something with you. The topic of my message this morning is positioned to lovingly serve. Positioned to lovingly serve. When Ruth spoke this morning and she looked at the, the mission statement, she said, New Life Horizon Church seeks to create opportunities for individuals to experientially know God and be positioned to lovingly serve in authentic relationships. This morning we'll be looking at the positioned to lovingly serve part of the mandate. And to the position to serve is basically to use your gifts to serve one another. And this morning the scripture that I'll be looking at is 1 Peter 4 verses 8 to 11. And I'll be looking, reading it from the New International Version. 1 Peter 4, verses 8 to 11. Grab your Bibles so you can follow with me. 1 Peter 4, verses 8 to 11. I'll give you a minute to, to, to be there. When you're there, let me know. It's a mandate from God to New Life Orion Church. And because you're here with us this morning and because you join us every Sunday and because, because you want to know what God is doing with NLH, this morning we want to share one of our mandates to you so that you will better understand what God is doing with us as a part of the body. 1 Peter 4 verses 8 to 11. And the topic is be positioned to lovingly serve when you're there just let me know so i can you're there okay reading from the new international version and it reads as follows above all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And depending on this, the, the translation, it may say not grudgingly. Each of you should, be, should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. In essence, what Peter is saying is that whatever you do for the Lord, do it in a way befitting him. 
Do it in a way that represents him. You are, as a believer of Christ, you are called to represent Christ in the things you do, in the way you do it. You are called to be the face, the voice, the, the, the hands, the feet, the mouth, the ear of Christ. If you are a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you are a Christian. So Peter says, offer hospitality to one another. Speak as you are speaking the very word of God. Serve in a way that you persons will know that God has provided the strength for you to do what you do. That in all things, in all that you do, remember, Peter is telling us in verse 11, only one person is to be praised. God is to be praised through Jesus Christ. So the question I want to ask you this morning, how do you feel about serving? When you think about serving in the body of Christ, when you think about serving, what do you think about? What comes to mind? What emotions are evoked? When you think about serving, do you feel competent? Or do you feel incompetent to serve? It's a rhetorical question, but I want you to think about it. What do you think about when you think about serving? Do you think that you can serve? Last week we looked at the fact that each and every one of each of us has a part to play because we are all in the body of Christ. And Ashley shared with us last week that when one part of the body does not function, the other part has to overcompensate or compensate to function. And so we looked at the, the fact that if the heart, if the kidney is not functioning, the lung will, will come into play. But we also, after speaking, after hearing Ashley mention that I went back and I looked at it and it says, if the heart is not functioning, what happens is that if the heart is not pumping enough blood, the body compensates for that by raising the pressure, holding on to the salts, holding on because it's not sure what the body needs so it starts to hold on to salts and it's hard to hold on to water and before you know it over time you start to have swelling because it's something else is functioning something else is compensating for what should have been done so this morning i want you to know that as you listen that god has a part for you and he has called you to serve when you don't do your part someone else has to compensate someone else has to fill in someone else has to do what is needed to be done when i heard tashina sang this morning i remember saying three weeks ago i was overcompensating i was filling in and that is exactly what i was doing i was filling in i didn't sound like tashina and i was excited to do it but when you hear tashina you know that that listen i didn't have that gift to sing there's something that you can do. There's something that God has designed you to do that I cannot do. And, on, and if you don't do your part, I am going to fill in. But I can guarantee you it won't be done the same way you done it. When you don't do your part, my personality says jump in and fill in. 
But I can guarantee you, as Ashley shared last week, we will not get the optimal result. That word, the optimal result will not be achieved because I cannot do everything and you cannot do everything. We all need each other. In 2011, I sensed a call from God. I felt God say to me, go to seminary. I remember bargaining with God and I'm saying, God, you cannot trust me. You cannot trust me with people. I am accustomed to working on projects and projects have no emotions. Projects do not require me to be at my best all the time. I work with stones. I work with blocks. I work with steel. I work with men who are not mushy. Men who all they need to do is to work and to get their pay so that they can go home. They are nothing emotional. And I say to God, I said, God, you cannot trust me to send me to seminary. I do not have the makeup for that. I do not have the people skills for that. I do not have the, the compassion for that because it's going to require me loving more than I am needing to. It's going to require me being compassionate more than I think I have the capacity to. It's going to require me to give that which I cannot and do not have naturally. But God heard and he did not respond. God desired for me to serve. And serving was something he wanted me to learn to do. Like me, you may have feel challenged. And like me, you may question God. Did you call me? God, is there a place for me? God, can you use me? And from our mission statement this morning, I want us to look at the fact that God says to us through NLH that I, my mandate for you is that you will lovingly serve. You will be positioned to lovingly serve. The word positioned means to promote. That is, a, that is a, the, 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 the meaning of position in this particular sentence. It means to promote. NLH's mandate is to promote loving service among her members and the person we serve. So I serve you, then we go to Africa, we go to our workplaces, we go to the supermarket and we serve and you serve me. We promote loving service by encouraging everyone. So I encourage Angela. I encourage Tashina, I encourage Karen, I encourage Rifa, I encourage Laverne, I encourage Anne and Tamar, Jasmine, I encourage Jasmine, I, I encourage Onika and Amanda and Ashley and Stephen, I encourage Ruth to identify your gifts and your purpose. That is one of the things that NLH promotes. NLH promotes the fact that each of their members and regular visitors identify their gifts so that they can serve and walk in purpose. Not only do we promote the identifying, uh, the ability for you to identify your gift, but we promote the fact that you look for opportunities to serve. 
opportunities like what Root mentioned this morning, going to Kenya. That's an opportunity to serve. Opportunity to serve when we do have Bible study that we're looking for facilitators. Opportunities to study, to, to, to serve where on a Sunday morning we may need someone to moderate. We may need someone to, to pray, to sing, pray, do praise and worship. We may need someone to pray. Opportunities to serve in any area that God has called any leech to partake or to partner in building the kingdom of God. We also promote loving service by encouraging everyone to faithfully use their gifts. Not only do you identify it, but we encourage you to use your gifts and talents that you have received from God. Notice that you have received from God, not a gift or talent that you worked on or you developed on your own. No, one that God gave you to steward his grace to everyone you encounter. We also promote loving service by encouraging everyone to be the face. So when I see your face, when I come on this morning and, and Anna and Tashina was on, it was a beauty to see how well adorned they were and to see the smiles on their faces and know that no, none of the two had headaches this morning. It was a beauty to see their faces and to see how they're all made up and who had lashes on and, and who had their, their, their locks to the side as opposed to the back. It was a beauty to see God's people adorned and it's a beauty to see you who I'm sitting before this morning because I'm seeing Christ in you. But we also promote the, the loving service by encouraging you to be the voice. The eyes. Do you realize that even in this season where we're all wearing masks, that you can look at an eye, person's eyes, even under the mask covering, and you can see the eyes smiling? And that is what we do. We become the eyes of Christ. To those who cannot see our noses and our mouth, they can see the smiles in our eyes. We, 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 we demonstrate God's heart of love and compassion. The same thing I said to God, you cannot trust me. I do not have the, that, the ability to love and to be compassionate as you are or that you would require of me. I am logical. I am straight-laced. I get to the, I, I am, I am, I am result-oriented. I am not people-oriented. And so when God can choose a person like me, who is bent in my way, my mind, I am bent in one direction. And he says, no, I can use you in the very way that you think you are not bent. God is saying to you also, I can use you where you think you are not equipped. Because it is he who comes alongside us and allows us to be his hands so that we, we can share his love and warmth and touch with those we meet we promote loving service because first and foremost my first claim is this that we at nlh believe that every believer in jesus is called to lovingly serve service is not for the few service is not for the famous 
service is not for those who have the gifting that are used maybe on a Sunday morning. Service is for every believer. Every follower. Every one of us who calls ourselves the child of God and Christian. God has called us to lovingly serve. According to Corinthians 12, 12 to 30. Every believer in, in Jesus is a part of the body of Christ. And each part is different. Notice Otashina sang this morning. As much as I love to worship, I, do, I cannot hold a note the same way she does. I do not have the melody, melody that she has. But guess what? I have a part to play. You have a part to play. Each part is different and has a specific function that is necessary to the body as a whole. Imagine if this morning when you came on, I was the one who welcomed you. I was the one who prayed. I was the one who sang. I did the announcement. And then I, again, I am the one who delivered the message. Would that be, wouldn't that be boring? But this morning we saw that we could have Ruth opening and praying. We could see Tashina singing and now you're here having someone sharing another part of the gift of God. Another part of the body being demonstrated. So each part is different and has a specific function that is necessary to the body as a whole. Some of us are the hands. Some are the toes. Some of us are the eyes, the ears, the mouth, the gallbladder, the spleen. And because of that, we all have a part and none, whether our, our abilities or our gifting is more visible than the other. None is more important than the other. I remembered when my gallbladder started to malfunction. It did not say to me, I am the heart, so I'm going to stop beating. That thing racked some pain in my body that my entire body shut down because one God that I said, I am not functioning. Do you recognize how important? Can you, when last have you seen your God brother? Did you see it this morning? Did you touch it this morning? Did you understand it? Did it tell you how important it was this morning by what it did? No, but it is there and it is necessary. And when anything is malfunctioning in the body, it allows the other, it sends a signal to the other members of the body that something is wrong here. And you are going to suffer because I am suffering. That's what the parts of the body does. We are so together in one that when one is blessed, when one is celebrating, we celebrate. When one is hurting, we should also hurt. Therefore, because we are just a part of a body, we must avoid being too proud of our abilities, especially if our part is more visible than others. We must avoid thinking that we have nothing to give to the body of believers. So you may sit back and say, I have nothing to offer. 
I only me, only little me. I have nothing. I cannot sing like Tashina. I do not have the personality of Ruth that walks in a room and every and everybody can feel warm. I do not have the loyalty of Rifa. I do not have the, the skill sets of Karen. I do not have the beauty of Anne who sits there every morning and is smiling and her face naturally smiles. I do not, and you can fill in what you may say, I do not. We must never compare ourselves with one another, especially when God chooses to use us in a different way than is being observed in others. Instead, as Christians, you and I should work together using our differences with our gifts to spread the good news of salvation to build the church amanda has a role and verona has a role jasmine has a role laverne you too have a role i need you you need me i need you to function and to use your gifts so that we can come together to build the kingdom of god together putting our various gifts and our differences. The way I do things may not necessarily be the way you do things, but at the end of the day, when we come together and work, the kingdom of God is being built, not only for persons with my personalities, but for persons who need your personality. My second claim this morning, that in, in NLH, we believe that we are called to serve wholeheartedly as if serving the Lord. Ephesians 6, 6-9, Paul says you are to serve wholeheartedly. You are to serve enthusiastically. You are to serve respectfully. You are to serve obediently with a good attitude. Christians must work with a godly attitude regardless of the circumstances that you find yourself in. A godly attitude makes it easier to work. It is easier to have a godly attitude when you're serving the Lord, especially when you're in an environment that is hostile to the things of God. If you go into that environment and you go with the mindset of the world, you are going to fail. I am going to fail. I need the attitude of God. I need to go into wherever the Lord sends me to work or to serve with the mindset that I am doing this unto the Lord. I am serving my supervisor. I am serving my manager. I am serving my neighbor. I am serving my husband, my child, as if I'm serving the Lord. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. My third claim this morning that in NLH we believe that we should be hospitable without grumbling and complaining. First Peter 4 verse 9 that I read this morning tells us, it says be hospitable. 
practice hospitality. Hospitality is the practical proof of love. It is the it is the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests. It should not be offered begrudgingly. I should not serve you begrudgingly. I remembered once a lady coming, I saw her calling me and I'm saying, why was she calling? Why is she calling me now? And the Lord just convict me in my spirit. And he says, no, not, that's not how you treat my body. That's not how you treat the part of my body. That's not how you treat my people, my child. Hebrews 13, 2 instructs believers to keep on loving each other as brothers. He said, do not forget to entertain strangers. For by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Do you know every person that you have entertained could possibly one could possibly be an angel? It could possibly be someone that God sent so that you can be blessed. Romans twelve thirteen says, focus on the need of the persons you and I serve. That is hospitality. Hospitality can happen in a messy home. You don't have everything don't have to be in place and, and tidy hospitality has nothing to do with the space hospitality has nothing to do with the, the type of meal that you provide or the the, the the spread of the dinner that you offer your guests hospitality has to do with your heart condition to meet the need of the person you are serving our fourth claim this morning is in new life horizon we believe that we lovingly serve by using our gifts and talents to build up the church according to romans 12 verses 6 to 8 first corinthians 12 verse 4 first corinthians 12 verses 8 to 10 and 27 to 31 there are different kinds of gift or gifts but they are given by the same holy spirit ephesians 4 11 to 12 tells us the same gift different gifts tashina worshiping her gift is given by the holy spirit your gift is given by the holy spirit and, and some of the gifts, some of the examples of the gifts that you may find that God has given you. Gifts of prophecy. Hospitality is a gift. Your ability to meet and to focus on someone's need is a gift. Not everyone has that gift. Teaching is a gift that Karen has. Being an apostle is a gift. Encouraging is a gift. My mother is loyal. That's a gift. She is faithful, that's a gift, and is loyal, that's a gift. Tamar is calm and collective and cool, that's a gift. Generosity, Laverne, that's a gift. Leadership, 
mercy, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous power. Discernment, Ashley, is a gift. Speaking in tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Pastoring, Donald, administration, Tamar, those are gifts. And all these gifts are given for various functions as the body of Christ is in need. So therefore, whatever gift God has given you, Laverne, Amanda, Onika, they are gifts for you to use to build the body of Christ. Therefore, it is crucial that you use your gift to serve because many are depending on you to play your part. I am depending on you. I cannot do this on my own. I am depending on every person on the screen to play a role. Angela, Angela has the gift of giving. It's a gift. I am depending on Angela. She has the ability to listen. I am depending on Angela's ear. Stephen has the, the heart where he sees the needs of others. That's a gift. And I am depending on you to play your part. You are depending on me to play my part. And together when we play our part, the body of Christ is built. And the kingdom of God is advanced and furthered. And men and women come to know that God is the one who forgives and reconciles through you and I using our gifts. So Pastor Larry, when you and Pastor Bold, when you recognize that you have a passion for the souls, you have a passion for persons to come to know Christ, that's a gift of God given to you. Our fifth claim is that at NLH we believe that it is impossible to lovingly serve without genuine love. Impossible to serve without genuine love. Romans 12 verse 9 says love must be sincere. It must be genuine and it must be free from pretense. That's from the NIV version. NLT says, Do, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Don't pretend. Because all of us can pretend. I went to God. I said, God, you can't trust me. I can't love the way you want. Yeah, you, I think church requires the love of to love people. I can't love that way. I was and I don't have it naturally, God. I don't hear somebody's need like Karen, and as I hear a need, I want to see how can I fulfill the need. I was talking to a lady this morning, and I was sharing something with her, and then we started to pray. I said, while I, I was praying, and she heard my prayer, she said, Lord, how can I meet the need? I don't always hear your need, and ask the Lord, how can I meet the need? That may just not be my gift. So when I come to serve and I serve with my gifts, God is saying to me, for me to lovingly serve you and use my gifts, I cannot pretend. 
I cannot fake it. I must really love you the way he calls me to love you. And vice versa, of course. The message says, love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. The new English translation, otherwise called the net, says love must be without hypocrisy. In John 3.16, God modeled that love is not static or self-centered. It is genuine. In 1 John 4, 7-11, he sets the pattern of, of true love by giving his best. God so loved that he gave his best. God so loved that he gave his son. In essence, God demonstrates that when you love someone dearly, you are willing to give your best freely. To the point of self-sacrifice. When you love someone dearly, you are free. You are willing to give your best to the point of self-sacrifice. That was how God modeled he gave his best and he's saying love is not static it is not self-centered jesus on the other hand modeled it in a new way jesus modeled genuine love he demonstrates that genuine love is not earned nor deserved but is given to those who need it in romans 5 79 jesus died for the ungodly the ungodly needed to be loved. It was genuine love and not a feeling or an emotion that drove Jesus to the cross. He knew that all mankind is in need of his love. His love to forgive. His love to comfort. His love to reconcile. His love to heal. His love to provide. In John 13 verses 5 to 15, Jesus served his disciples by washing their feet. It was genuine love that caused him to humble himself and to be a servant. Through the Holy Spirit, he continues to be the servant that you and I are in need of. Jesus modeled it. In the gospel, he, 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 he took it a little further. He, he, he healed those who are sick. He fed those who are hungry. He, he delivered those who were demon-possessed. He opened the eyes of those who were blind. He healed those who were lame. And he brought to life those who were dead. That's genuine love. Jesus used his gifts. And he was willing to use his gifts to meet the needs of those he served. In John 14, 16 to 17, it was genuine love that motivated Jesus to replace himself. Think about it. 
Jesus replaced himself. He asked the Father to give his disciples another counselor. Some of us would have gone so that we were missed and nobody. They can't fill the void. They can't fill the place. But Jesus says, no. I want my work. I want my father's work to continue. So I am going to replace myself. I'm going to ask the father to send a comforter. A counselor. An advocate. An intercessor. One who will be there to not only comfort and, 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 and intercede. But one who would remind them of everything I said. How willing are you to replace yourself? How willing are you to know that there's someone God may use who can do it just like you? Better than, I won't use the word better because there's no better than, in a different way than you do. Jesus instructs his disciples to model the love that he showed so god modeled it by saying love is not static nor self-centered jesus modeled it by giving his life and now jesus says to those who are his followers those who are his disciples those who will call themselves christians he says model the same type of love that i have demonstrated and in John 13, verse 34, Jesus gives his disciples a new command and he says, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must. Notice, as I have loved you, so you must. Not you can or you may, but you must love one another. According to Mark fee. The new commandment was unknown, strange and remarkable in the first love conference that we did. And he said it demonstrated that it was impossible to love as Jesus loves without first experiencing the genuine love of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. So the truth is, we cannot love like Jesus until we have experienced the love of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. So we may be trying to love and we can't love because we have not experienced it. But the more you experience God's love, is the more his love so saturates your heart that you start began, begins to soften, your heart begins to soften. If you find that your heart is hardened and you're not loving the way Jesus loves, it means that you have not experienced his love the way he wants you to experience his love. Can I tell you from 2011 to where I am now, I, my heart has become softened, not to the place where God wants it. I remember saying to a friend of mine, I, I, I can't manage it. My, my heart feeling mushy and mushy is not a comfortable place for me. I remember two last week and the week before and the week before I sat here and I looked 
on the screen and i just felt so much love oozing out of me for those for you guys sitting on the screen and i'm saying oh this is not a comfortable place this is all mushy but that is the love of christ that is shed in my heart and it is overtaking me and he's saying it is not going to be comfortable but i am taking you to a place where you learn to love the way i love you cannot serve I cannot serve unless I'm serving with genuine love. The love of God and the love of Jesus, they are genuine love. And it is the same quality and standard of love that God is motivating and encouraging and instructing those of us who call ourselves disciples of Christ to emulate. We serve the way Jesus serve. We serve lovingly. My sixth claim is, at NLH, we believe that we are known by how we lovingly serve each other. John 13, verse 34 says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The disciples were no longer called to love only as they loved themselves. But they were to love one another just as they have experienced Jesus' love. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved us. And so Jesus instructs his disciples, he said, because I have now loved you and you have experienced my love, go and love each other. Because this is the actual experience. This is what people know. This is the evidence that you belong to me. Jesus instructs his disciples to love one another. Notice, he did not say go and love everybody. He says love one another. So there's a place where God is saying that it is more, what is most important to him is that the body of Christ loves the body of Christ. And he's saying our fellow believers, each other, Persons who are different from us, but yet are believers, yet are part of the body of Christ. He says, go and love them. Because this is the only way. This is the only way you'll be known. This is the only way those who are on the outside looking on will know that you are mine. Love is the only evidence. Notice the disciples were not known for their prayer. So it's not about how long we pray and how loud we pray. Because God says, no, there are other religions who are praying to their gods. It's not about our faith and our believing and holding. He says, no, there are other persons who are having faith in their gods. It's not about how you memorize scripture and meditate on scripture. There are other religions who are meditating 
Jesus said the only way the disciples of Christ will be known and identified is how we demonstrate love one to another. Love was the only evidence, not one of the evidence. The only evidence that you and I belong to Christ is love. In 1 John 3 verse 14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love. The one who does not love remains in death. We know that we have passed from death to life. The eternal life that the scripture talks about because we love our brothers. The one who does not love remains in death. In essence, God is saying, if you begin to love, it shows that you, have, you are no longer in darkness. You are now a part of the kingdom of light. But if you continue not to love, you are still dead. You have not transferred. You are not alive. I am not alive if I do not love. 1 John 4, 20 says, If anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And we had that discussion last week. That it is easy to love God because he fulfills and he meets the needs and, and he basically is there to listen when we want him to listen. He's always there with a listening ear. But the God is saying, you cannot love me or say you love me when you are not loving your brother and your sister. My seventh claim is, at NLH we believe that it is impossible to say we love God and not serve in the body of Christ. It is impossible to say that you love God, yet you do not serve in the body of Christ. In John 14 verse 23, Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. And what is this teaching? He says, as I have loved you, as I have loved you, love one another. So if you are not serving in the body of Christ and you say, I love God, it's just not adding. That equation can never be solved. Statistically, that don't make any sense. Disciples of Jesus model their love for Jesus by obeying his teaching. Jesus said, my father will love him. Anyone who obeys my teaching, my father will love him. And we, him, Jesus, and his father will come to you, come to me and make his home or their home with us. So if you are not serving... Ask the Lord, Lord, show me in what way can I serve? Show me in what way can I be your hand 
your feet, your mouth, your 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 your, your ear, your eyes, your face. Show me how can I be your mouth? How can I use that which I have? And if you look at Acts, in Acts, those who had there was that a difference between those who had and those who did not have because those who had shared what they had with those who did not have. And so Ruth shared with you this morning that there are some of us who are going to Kenya and we are still in need of finances. And if you are not going and you cannot go or this is not what God is saying for you to go, partner with someone and say, I cannot go, but I want to assist someone to go. My eighth claim this morning is at NLH we believe this unity occurs where there is judgment, criticism, gossip, and competitiveness amongst believers. In Galatians 5, verses 13 to 15, Paul affirms the need to lovingly serve. He instructs believers in Christ to use their freedom to serve one another in love. And he says to them, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Where there is criticism and gossiping and competition and judgment, we devour ourselves and we destroy each other. In 1 John 4, 20, verse 21, Jesus said, If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, you are, we are liars. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. It is easy. To say we love God when, it, when that love does not cost us anything. But the real test of our love for God is how we treat the people we see and call fellow believers who are before us and the other body of Christ that we, are gonna, that we meet day to day. Service that is not motivated by love results in criticism, judgment, Gossip, slander, and competition. Proverb 13.10 says, With pride comes only contention. So when, I, when my pride says, I need to be the star, and your pride says, you need to be the star, what is it that we are developing? Contention. If I say I love you, but cringe when you are praised, that's not genuine love. 
If I say I love you but think that your gain is my loss, that's not genuine love. When I don't love you, your faults are highlighted and your motives are always negative and wrong. When I don't love me, I am jealous of you. Because anytime I am jealous of you, it's because I don't love me. When I gossip about you and I compete with you, it's because I don't love me. And I look at you and you are everything I want to be and I can't. It's because I am not satisfied with me. When I don't know how much I am loved and that God has chosen and given me a part to serve, I comfortably sit on the side and watch you serve. Because I think, oh no, God can't use me. I am not worthy to be used. Because I do not understand how much God loves me and that he chose me and gifted me. But if and when I love you, I am able to identify your strengths. I'm able to celebrate your wins and I can read your intentions as pure until I find out otherwise. And that is what God has been saying to me. He says, when you see my people with their motives as pure, you see them differently. When you love my people the way I desire you to love them, you see them differently. You do not read their intentions incorrectly. My final claim this morning, claim nine. At NLH, we believe that we lovingly serve like Jesus only when we live for God day by day. We can only lovingly serve when we live for God day by day. And so in, 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 in Paul's, or what we call the Pauline scriptures, Paul offers strategies to help believers in Jesus live for God day to day. Because the body of Christ can only function when the members work together for the common good of the kingdom of God. And in Philippians 2 verse 2, Paul says, For you and I to have or serve or to live for God day by day, we have to have the same genuine love and attitude as Jesus. Philippians 2 verse 2. In Colossians 3 verse 14 he says, Let's let God's genuine love guide your life. In Colossians 3 12 to 13 he says, Imitate Christ's compassion, kindness, Humility, gentleness, and patience. So you know who Paul talking to? Me. And he, Paul is speaking and he's saying, Ava, if you want to live for God day by day, look at these things I am sharing with you. In Galatians 6 verse 4, he says, Test your actions. Check your motive. Check what you're doing. Check and see if your motive and your actions reflect that which Jesus would have done. 
In Philippians 2 verse 3 it says, Humble yourself and consider others better than yourselves. Don't let pride be what motivates you. Don't let pride carry you or, or, or cause you to live out of the will of God. Again in Philippians 2 verse 3 it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In Philippians 2 verse 4 it says, Look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. In Galatians 5.26 it says, Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. In Colossians 3 verse 14 it says, Bear with each other, and have a forgiving attitude. In Galatians 6 verse 2 he says. Carry each other's burden. When someone else is hurting. When someone else is going through. Come alongside them. In Colossians 3 verse 15 he said, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. As far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on me, live at peace. Galatians 6 verse 10 says, Do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Colossians 3.15 says, always be thankful. Always be thankful. May not necessarily be what you want, but be thankful. May not necessarily be going the way you think it should be going, but be thankful. Yesterday when the Lord dropped in my spirit that this morning when we came on the line, there were going to be some persons who were alive yesterday who would not be alive right now. There are some persons who would be ad admitted in the hospital Right now, there are persons dying. There are persons going in the hospital. There are persons wrapped up in pain. There are persons crying out because of depression. There are persons who are hopeless now. God says to you where you are, be thankful. And he's saying the same thing to me, be thankful. Life may not be where I want it to be or be going how I want it to go, but be thankful. And in Colossians 3 verse 16, he says, keep God's word in you at all times. That is only what makes the difference. The word of God that will transform you. That will renew your mind with the word of God. That is the only way Paul says that we'll be able to live like God day to day. So as I close this morning, I believe that God has mandated NLH to be positioned to lovingly serve because God recognizes that for any, in order for NLH to serve the way he wants us to serve, we have to first know what it is to serve from genuine love. We have to recognize that there's a place for us to serve. And he has called us and chosen us to serve.
We have to recognize that I can't do it without you. I need you and you need me. We have to do it together. I cannot do it if I do not do it the way God does it. It's the only way any late will be known as a part of the body of Christ. Is when you and I love each other and the world looks on and see us loving. The only way we, you and I can lovingly serve according to God's mandate for any late is when I am hospitable to you. And I do not serve you begrudgingly. And you do the same. Unless we serve each other wholeheartedly. Unless we use our gifts and our talents to serve each other. We are not fulfilling the mandate of Christ. And so some of us may be more inclined to be evangel to evangelize than some but guess what go and evangelize some may be more inclined to do whatever you are inclined because of your gifting ensure that we are serving according to our gifting because when you are dormant you're going to cause someone else to fill in and to do what you should have been doing and we at nlh will not fulfill or reach our optimal level. So this morning, God is saying to you and I, I, you who call yourself followers of Christ, you who call yourself believers in Christ, you who call yourself Christians, to lovingly serve, we have to do it the way God and Jesus modeled it. Notice what they did. They modeled. They did not send us illustrations. They modeled it. Jesus gave his son. Jesus, God gave his son. Jesus gave his life. And he's saying to you and I, as I have loved you, now go and serve my body. As I have served you, now go and model it not illustrate it not speak it not shout it not pray it not believe for it but do it model it walk it live it speak it let the same mind that is in christ jesus be in you and i today our service to god must be loving that's the only way we will live day by day and show the world that we belong to God. So, Father, I thank you for your word. Oh, Lord, it's a word for me. It's a word that I say, here I am to Lord. It's a word, Father God, that I hear you, hear God, and my heart responds to the word. Because I know it is a word specifically for me, because Lord, in every area I come up short. In every area, God, I need to grow. In every area, God, I need to experience your love so that I can do that which you have mandated us as a church to do. 
And so here I am, God. The song um, Tashina started with this morning. He says, I give myself away so that you can use me. I give myself away, God, so that you can use me. And the song says, here I am, God. But I recognize, Lord, that as I give myself away, that there are areas in my life that need, that I am in need of your love. So flood your people this day, God. Flood us. Flood us in a way, God, that we will know love so that we will respond from love so that we can love. The truth is, Lord, many of us have not experienced your love because your love has not saturated areas of our lives so that we can understand who we are. Because, Lord, if when I know who I am in you, God, when I know that you love me, God, the thing that I do, I will stop doing and I will desire to be more like you. When I know, God, that you have chosen me, when your people know that you have chosen them and you love them, God, God, the enemy does not get an opportunity to use us against each other. But God, we sit and we stand and we pray and we, we do everything that is churchified. But God, we say to you today, we need hearts like yours. Hearts that are motivated by genuine love for each other. As you have modeled it for us, Lord, may we demonstrate and model it so that the world will see and know that we serve a God who loves. And so, Father, we thank you today. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you that you, God, you haven't turned your back on us. But you still sound that clarion call each day to say to us, my daughters, my sons, I desire you to be like me. So renew your mind. Renew your mind. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world where the world is competing and there's a rat race out there. I am calling you to love, to lay down, to become a servant, to humble yourself the way I did. Because at the end of the day in Philippians 2, Jesus was elevated because he chose to humble himself. The Father elevated him and gave him a place and he's seated right now in the heavenly realms beside his Father. So Father, the lies we have believed from the enemy, God, give us a statement to replace it with the truth. Where we have acted and lived from a lie, God, may we replace it with the truth. And your word says, I am. And for each person, Lord, the I am statement looks differently because we all need to hear a different I am. I am adequate. I am significant. I am loved. Father, we give you thanks this morning. And we bless your name for your word. May your word transform. May it not be an injection today. 
may it not be like the corona vaccination god that people take it and automatically forget that corona still exists but lord may we today listen to your word but go about recognizing that there is the one who comes to steal the word and to rob us of the word so may your word today fall on fertile soil god soil that we have our hearts that will grow and produce god after its own kind and so father we give you thanks today in Jesus' name, amen.